Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to episode four of the From the Finney podcast with myself, Jake and Ollie. We've no Jimmy this week, well, in part, but in this episode we're going to discuss the weekend's opening day defeat to Swansea City, the DJ situation and all of the other stuff that's going on or not going on off the pitch. So yeah, hopefully you enjoy as always and thanks for all the support over the last few weeks, it's much appreciated. How are you mate, you good? Yeah, all good thanks, not bad. Nice to have you back. Yeah, I've had a hectic few weeks but... Focusing on PE again now. Been gallivanting and, and working and stuff. Yeah, all that horrible which, stuff. Which, which we're all, all uh, guilty of doing from time to time. I'm off this afternoon, off up to Keswick for a, for a couple of nights, which would be quite nice. Sounds lovely. Um, yeah, yesterday it was uh, it was a bit flat, really. Obviously, no cutting edge. I think, I think that's been spoken about and talked about forever. Pretty mm. much since the end of the game. Um, yeah. I mean, we did have 10 shots in total, four on target, one off target, five blocked. But again, like I said, it just emphasises the point of no cutting edge. Yeah. I think the biggest chance was Barky's chance. Yeah. That nice, nice move in the second half. But I didn't. I wouldn't say we had any proper clear-cut chances. Um, to be fair, I thought Swansea, I think they are a decent side. Um, and I thought they defended well. They got a lot of blocks in, like you say. But the whole day just felt a bit flat. Doesn't feel like the normal opening day of a season. No, it yeah. felt. I think Jimmy said yesterday, didn't he? In our WhatsApp group, it felt a bit like a preseason game. Yeah, Which, I think because it was so short from the back end of last season to to yesterday, and there was just no change. Obviously, we spoke about in length. Alex Neil said at the back end of last season, obviously he wanted three or four quality players. Um, and we've gone into that game yesterday with the exact same squad without Daniel Johnson, which I'm sure we'll touch on later. So yeah, um, it's a, just a continuation of last season. And Swansea defended with a flat back five when we had the ball. We got around the edge of the area, but middle of the park was really congested. And obviously they got a lot of blocks in. No real width again. I think Alex Neal touched on it. You know, I think their wing backs pinned Alan Brown back in particular. And obviously yeah. Hughes is quite limited going forward and just struggled to, to get any real chances really but I think Swansea will be up there this season I think yeah no doubt I thought, I I thought Bidwell side. was brilliant for them yesterday yeah that, that diagonal ball across looking for him at the back post they tried it about three or four times didn't they yeah I think that's just an example of where Swansea are ahead of us because obviously yeah. we tried to sign him last season um, and I think they've shown us how you use loan players obviously got Freddie Woodman back who did well yesterday I thought Gwaii was very solid, who they've got on loan again. And obviously, Morgan Gibbs-White, who's a high-quality loan, scored the winner, yeah. So, that's exactly what we should have done. Um, But, yeah, just very frustrating. There's more of the same, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, from our point of view, I thought, thought, apart from giving away possession in the build-up to their goal, I thought Ledson did, did all right. I thought the subs had an impact on the game, but obviously not the impact that you want because we didn't score a goal. 
Yeah. Um, Maguire looked sharp. Thought Stockley did well. Um, won, a, won his fair share in the air, from what I can remember. Um, thought the referee was atrocious. I know you 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 didn't think he was that bad, did you? No, I didn't really. I didn't really notice him yesterday. I think we've had a lot worse, but yeah, we have no doubt. Um, but I think there was just a lot of niggly fouls that seemed to go their way and not ours. Yeah, I think there was one on half time cynical foul to stop our breakaway that I, I don't think he, he gave a book into. But no, he didn't book anyone. There was a deliberate handball later on. Yeah, as well. No yeah, like, for that. I think um, I think like you said, Ledson probably overshadowed Ben Pearson a bit yesterday. I thought, yeah. particularly first half, I think Pearson there gives him license to get a bit more further forward. He's very mobile, um, isn't he, Ledson? Yeah, I think that's something he's improved because I think he was probably the start of last season, probably a little bit heavier, probably struggled to get around a little bit. But I think he's just matured a bit now in his decision making as well. But the only thing I'd say is when he punches a pass through the lines, it looks good, but just need to, to wait and passes a bit more rather than being over eager to find a player. But yeah, there um, was a few early on, wasn't there, that he absolutely fizzed into feet, and yeah. it, it was more often than not, it resulted in a heavy touch, which obviously yeah. took momentum away from us. Yeah, like you said, I think I think Pearson looked a bit. He didn't. He wasn't bad, but no, I think it was just a, a normal Ben Pearson performance. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Shots. He had two shots yesterday as well. Um, it's novel for him. Yeah, a bit unusual. Um, but and we we uh, we had a go at Neil back under last season for not making his subs early enough. I think he made fifty four. He 50, made two. Yeah, and he, obviously he changed shape, went to to Alan Brown and Barkey at, at wing back. So he's trying to do something there. But it's just he's playing with the same squad as last season. Um, He's, he's obviously limited as to what he can do, isn't he? Like, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen people saying, our oh, negative tactics, blah, blah, blah. But what? <laughs> when nothing changes, what, what do people expect? I don't think we were negative yesterday. I think there's obviously the usual performance bias that goes with a loss, um, which is understandable. But in terms of how we've set up, we've beat teams many a time with that set up. Yeah. Um, I think the only questionable decision to a lot of fans probably would have been Story and Bauer. Uh, I think, to be fair to Story, has looked quite decent in pre-season. Uh, Bauer's probably looked a little bit heavy, but um, didn't do much wrong. Obviously, just misjudged the goal completely. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure what's happened there because he's had clear sight of the ball, and I think he's just gone over his foot. So I'm not too sure what's happened with that one. But and then obviously there was a few comments about Rafferty and for Brown which again I think is a bit reactive I thought Brown did fine they clearly targeted wing back on wing back he, he did he did get caught out I thought early on a couple of times but yeah he got caught out a couple of times wing um, you know Jake Birdwell's a very good wing back slash full back so I suppose there was an argument there if DJ's not playing play Brown in the 10 where he's most comfortable probably yeah. argument but I think it's as simple as Rafferty was his fourth choice right back signing. I think it's, I think, you know, everyone loves a trier, which Rafferty is. Can't have any complaints, but just very limited. Yeah, I think the fact that he's persistently not selected him as well in certain games when it looks like there's no other option but to select him would. Mm. 
you'd think that would give people a, an indication of what Neil thinks of him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think obviously he'll start on Tuesday, Tuesday night against yeah. but it's a little bit of a blow with the with the fullbacks. Obviously, Fisher's not. Well, it depends what you believe, but Fisher's not fully ready. Um, probably about a week behind, and then I think Earl got an injury in training back end of last week. Yeah, which was a bit of a blow because I think for me, I would have started Earl had he been fit. Yeah, had he been fit yesterday because I think he just gives us a little bit extra on that side. And obviously, you've got Ben Davis, who's mobile enough to cover on that side. But I thought Hughes was actually all right yesterday, to be fair. I think, particularly first half, I think he tried to get around his man a bit more. Yeah. But his body position, when he's he's very, um, just very square when he's trying to take a man on. Not very free moving. Um, yeah, I, I think it was, I can't remember if it was you or Jimmy said in the WhatsApp group yesterday that him and Sinclair just don't seem to have that much of a, a relationship like, in yeah, terms of think, linking up on that left-hand side. Yeah, I think it was comparing to, to what you saw with Robinson and Cunningham. Um, I think Robinson's a bit better at Sinclair at taking up those actual wing winger positions. Yeah, I think Sinclair likes to just attack the box. Obviously, I think he's going to do well this season. Didn't get involved in the game yesterday again. Um, but saying that Swansea played with a flat five and then a three across midfield in their defensive block so always going to be hard to find space in games like that yesterday but I think I've just seen a obviously we had it we lost to Millwall first game last season there was a lot of similar comments people saying uh, someone's told me that it's bollocks that it's just a one-off game and that we're going to be in a relegation scrap someone said Maguire was shit in 30 minutes I thought it was quite sharp. Someone said Neil's going to resign on Monday. So by the time this podcast is out, we won't have a manager. Um, so I think it's 90 minutes of football, isn't it? Yeah. Against, I think, the side, against the side who I think all of us think will be... Yeah, I think we've all, we've all got them top six, haven't we, I think? Yeah. Like, like you said, it's one 90 minutes. There's, like, there's over 4,000 minutes to play this season. Yeah, so. and don't get me wrong, I can understand the concerns because it does feel like a continuation. And why wouldn't it? Because the managers, I think Jimmy said he's in the boxing ring, one hand tied behind his back and his and his feet tied together. One yeah, hand. exactly. So, yeah, obviously we've got, we've got the game on Tuesday, which I'm guessing he'll make 9, 10, 11 changes. I'm guessing Derby will make similar after their loss yesterday. Yeah, you would at home to Reading, so you would think so. Um, just on Jimmy, um, we'll just hand hand the reins over. Uh, like, like obviously he's not here, but um, he sent us a little voice note on uh, on WhatsApp with his thoughts from the game on yesterday. Um, so we'll just hand you over to Jim uh, for the next few minutes, and you can hear what he has to say uh, about the game and and a few other bits and bobs. So yeah, over to Mr. Atkinson. Morning guys, hope you're all well. Um, apologies I can't be with you today. Yeah, just thought I'd give you my thoughts on yesterday's game and obviously all the um, controversies and things that are happening off the pitch at this moment in time that I'm sure you guys have a, a good natter about today. So I suppose first and foremost, Swansea game. Um, I thought it were quite evenly matched teams, to be honest. I think the main difference between the two sides is just that little bit of quality at the top end of the pitch. You know, Swansea have obviously invested in Jamal Lowe and have got the experience of IU up there. Um, I know obviously neither of them scored, but I thought Jamal Lowe led the line really well yesterday. Obviously, the goal comes from a couple of our mistakes. Um, obviously, led to giving the ball away quite cheaply. It, otherwise, I thought I had a good game yesterday. 
Um, and then obviously Jordan Story ball watching and obviously not clearing the ball when he's got the opportunity to. So obviously disappointing goals to concede from our point of view. I, I suppose in terms of the game itself, it was just lacking chances really. I mean, we just didn't, we were a little bit toothless, um, which is quite concerning. Obviously starting the game without recognised number nine. Um, and obviously a bit of interplay, interchanging between Bowden and Barcazin yesterday in terms of who was the nine. Um, I wouldn't say it's alarm bells by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a little bit concerning. And especially with the talk off the field about DJ and um, missing out on signings. So, um, yeah, not the greatest start to the season. But we go again on um, Tuesday night away to Derby County. Um who were really poor yesterday against Reading by all accounts. So, yeah, a chance to, um, I suppose, redeem ourselves and get into the third round of the Cup and get a home tie in the next round. Um, I think it's Brighton or Portsmouth awaits if we if we win on Tuesday night. So, just my two penathon, the DJ situation, obviously, it looks like he'll be confirmed as um, a Rangers player over the next 24, 48 hours. Um, I'm recording this on Sunday morning before you guys record. So, obviously, football's a funny game. Things change quite quickly. Um Obviously, really disappointed to lose DJ. I think the manager in his press conference yesterday, that's probably the most deflated I've seen him since he's been here. He's clearly really frustrated about the lack of signings and lack of progression we're making in the transfer market and losing a player that he's developed over the past 12 months especially. Um, he'd be very, very frustrated, um, especially for the... The fee that's been rumoured um, being between two and a half and three million pound, depending who you, who you listen to on that. Obviously, we'll probably lose a bit of a cut of that to Aston Villa as well. So, in terms of cash in the bank, it's probably not a great deal. I think the manager and probably the owner as well, to a certain degree, will also be frustrated that after paying his players all the way through lockdown through their choice, they're not seeing the loyalty being repaid in that way. Um, obviously, Alan Brown's come out yesterday and said he doesn't know what's happening with his contract situation, which I, I'm pretty sure his agent will know. Um, whether he's fed that back to Alan is another question. But it's just really frustrating from a fan's point of view that we've got, you know, we've lost, we're about to lose one of the big four, and one doesn't know what's happening from his point of view, which. I think I'm pretty sure that somebody will know what's happening with that contract. Um, yeah, it's just a little bit frustrating to be a Preston fan at the moment. Obviously, first season in God knows how long. We've not made a signing before the opening day. I know, obviously, COVID is a COVID-related season, but we're in the middle of September now. Just short of a month left to go of the domestic window. Um, we've got three weeks left until, well, for the European window. Really need to make some moves ultimately, um, because I think our predictions are sort of eighth, ninth, eleventh. I think we might struggle to get those if we continue with the status quo and keep doing what we've always done. I know I've keep saying this quote about insanity, but it seems like a couple of guys on social media have cottoned onto it yesterday as well, and it's it's true. We just we've got to mix things up. We've got to do something different if we want to progress in this league and. I suppose strengthen our aspirations of being a top six side, and I, th I suppose ultimately we've got to do everything we can to keep hold of the manager and ensure that he, I suppose we give him what he wants in a way, um, whilst being financially quite prudent in the market. Um, we've missed out on a lot of signings this summer. I know Ollie will probably touch on this as well, but he did mention post 
I suppose post the end of last season, he wants to get his signings in place for the start of pre-season, and obviously he's not made a single signing yet, which does sound like it's out of his control now. So yeah, I completely understand the manager's frustrations, and I suppose believe me, they're shared by the fan base as well. So yeah, have a good night, guys. Sorry, I can't be more positive. Can't put a bit more of a positive spin on things today, but um, yeah, I'm a little bit frustrated myself as. I suppose everybody will be listening to the podcast. So, yeah, have a good night and um, hopefully I'll be back next week. Take care, guys. See you soon. Cheers for that, Jimmy. What do you think, Al? Yeah, I agree there with, with yeah. what he said. Don't have any arguments with what Jimmy said there. I think touching on what Neil said on, on Radio Lanks, I don't think he has sounded as frustrated as that probably in his whole time here. No. Um, and I think that's because we all know how highly he rates Daniel Johnson. I think it's... Fair to say DJ's probably Alex Neal's favourite player. Um, and understandably so, because he's been nothing but a model professional throughout his whole time. Not just since Alex Neal's come, but throughout yeah. his whole time. And obviously, depending on what you believe, what's happened yesterday, you can completely understand why Alex Neal's standing the way he does. Um, and I think Neal's one who can't really hide, and he's not going to want to hide his emotions. Um and I think if it was the player refusing to play, I think Alex Neal would just throw that player under the bus. I, I don't think that's the case yesterday. Um, so, like Jimmy said, we'll see what happens in the next 48 hours. But I don't think DJ will play again for Preston North End. Nope. Nope, definitely not. Um, I think the, the frustrating thing for me is the, the talk all summer has been about getting the big four signed up. None of them expressed an interest in leaving. And mm. inevitably, now the first one is, by all accounts, on his way. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, North End fans, on, on the whole, do my nut in a little bit because of how negative they are. But then stuff like this happens and you take a step back and think, uh, maybe I was foolish for, for thinking that things might change for once. I know, but it, I mean... If you believe the spin that the club are going to put out, you're a bit daft. I mean, the club aren't going to say that these players are desperate to move on. I think what I'd heard a few weeks ago about DJ and Pearson, you know, there was no hope of them signing. It's more a case of waiting for a club to come in. Obviously, Rangers have come in. And to be fair to them, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people say it's a sideways move, but let's be real, it's at his well, end. There was the same one. Davis was linked to Celtic, wasn't there? Yeah, people saying I, that it I mean, was a sideways move. Yeah. It's, it's exactly the same thing, Jake, as, as being linked with Celtic. It's going to play in front of 50,000 every week, obviously, once fans are back. European uh, be football. European football. His wages are going to easily double. Um, Chance of winning the title. All right, it's, some people might say, oh, it's only the Scottish Prem, but yeah, it's, how, many, it's, how many players get to win a league in their, in their yeah. career? Chance of winning the silverware, at least. Um, and then, obviously, playing for Steven Gerrard, which... It doesn't matter what your allegiances are, it's going to be a pull to players, I think. Absolutely. Uh, so, no, I think that would be a, a very good move for DJ at his age. If it doesn't work out, he's going to get a move back to championship level. Yeah. If it does, you know, at his age, you might get a promoted team to the Premier League taking a punt or something like that. So, I think that makes perfect sense for him. As, a, as, a, as an individual, you've got to think about yourself. Um, yeah. We've said it before on, on here in the past about like Alan Brown and obviously DJ's in the same boat. He's got a young family. Yeah. Like you said, at his age, 27, 28, this is probably his last opportunity to get a decent big contract. Mm. People that, oh, well, footballers are only about money. 
who isn't who isn't who isn't looking to improve their financial situation yeah so, and if you've got a young family you're gonna make you're gonna take any opportunity you can get yeah i don't think this movie is just about money i think it's about footballing profile yeah. as well i think Ab- absolutely I think it is just a step up um and we've got the usual few on twitter being a bit better saying dj's flattered to deceive or he's only come good this season uh let's make no bones about it i think for about well i think he joined at the, in january 2015 so yeah. five and a half years of service uh and he's a top championship midfielder let's make no mistake about that so played a massive part in getting us out of league one with his goals when yeah. i remember when i spoke to simon grayson um obviously the, the big names beckford garner got brought up but uh, Simon was very quick to point out the the contribution that DJ made. Yeah, absolutely. And there used to be a bit of a rhetoric around DJ that he was a bit of a luxury player, which is just cannot be further from the truth. Um, and Alex Neil would not play a luxury player in the number ten position. So, so no, I think th- there's no no sort of question, and that's going to be a huge huge loss. Yeah. Um, and then. Looking at the others, I think one of the others will sign. I think two of the others will go. So you think we'll just end up with one then? Yeah. Um, what do you think about the fee? Obviously, Jimmy's Jimmy's just mentioned it rumoured to be around sort of two, two and a half, three million pound. Yeah. Um, I've, seen, I've yeah. seen a lot of people saying it's it's a bit low. The thing then... is, I think because it's a Scottish club, he can join them for free in four months. Yeah. He can agree to join Rangers in in January. Um, I had a bit of a debate with someone on Friday night, I think it was, saying we should accept no less than 10 million, which, come on. Um, and even, to be fair, I said you get half of that, but 5 million is probably very Pushing it. optimistic. Yeah, so yeah. I think 3 million, is, it's not like he's got 12 months left on his contract. He's got 9, 10 months. Because yeah. we're middle of September now. He's got 9, 10 months left on his contract. He can agree to join Rangers for free in four months. So I think three million. You're probably just going to have to take your medicine. Yeah. Uh, signed him for fifty grand. We've got five and a half years out of him. Just accept the fee, um, and just part ways. I'm at clubby. I think. I think. Yeah. There can be no sort of digs at DJ for how he's handled himself. I don't think he refused to play yesterday. I think that was taken out of his hands. Uh, and the manager's hands. Yeah. So. That in itself is probably why Neil was so frustrated. But yeah. I think three million. I think from what I've heard, we've accept we've sorry we've rejected a similar bid for another one of the big four, similar fee. I think for Pearson, I'd want a bit more just because United got a forty percent sell on. Yes, yeah, so money in the bank for us wouldn't actually be the figure that is quoted. Yeah, so you'd want a bit more for Pearson, and because I think he's the best player in his position in the league and I don't think Pearson would go to a Scottish club so it's not like he can agree to join for free in in three or four months so yeah but this is going to rumble on none of these players are going to sign contracts until the window shuts I don't think if they do sign um, and I think we we're going to touch on Alan Brown's comments um, yesterday in Lanks Live which I thought again a little bit concerning yeah, it doesn't fill you with confidence, really. I mean, on the one hand, you could say it's not surprising that he doesn't know because obviously his agent will be dealing with everything, but you'd, you'd, you'd think that his agent would be keeping him in the loop with his contract. Yeah, not, not a chance that he doesn't know what's going on. Um, 
and I think like like the others, I think he'll be waiting to see if a good a good offer comes in for him. Yeah. Or think, conversely, waiting to see what goes on at the club, waiting to see if they do pull the fingers out and yeah, strengthen think, the squad. I think with Daniel Johnson leaving, though, I think you know that, that probably indicates everything you need to know, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. I mean, let's make no bones about it. The the players will be frust- as frustrated as anyone. They, they they know how close they've come as a group and the yeah. ability they've got, and they probably are more than aware that they just need. I think Barky said something, didn't he, in, in the press recently about we just need that one or two yeah. extra bodies just to take us that little bit further. So the, yeah. you know, make no bones about it. The players will be e- e- equally as as frustrated as as us. Absolutely, and I think the fact that we've had you know, a month at least to get players in and we just can't get players over the line. I speak to someone last night who said that the mood within the club is just incredible sense of frustration because we've had three or four players ready to sign. I think Jamal Lowe looked decent yesterday for Swansea. Obviously yeah. didn't score or get an assist or anything, but... Had a half-decent chance, though. So. Yeah, I think he looks sharp, doesn't he? Yeah. He's very, very quick, very, very quick across sort of 10 yards he's one we could have had in they wanted um, a lone uh, striker hasn't joined anywhere yet but hasn't joined us yet so yeah and there was obviously the, the rejected bid for Ferdy Droyf from yeah. uh, AZ Altmar yeah so you know there's been the rhetoric about around one has to go before one can come in obviously Johnson's going to go now so let's see what happens let me also say, the club said on this very podcast, Peter Risdale said, the club needed that money from season ticket holders because there's a win, there's a shortfall. They were expecting to make around a million from season tickets. If Daniel Johnson is leaving for three million, then you know that whole agenda goes out the window completely. Um, you would imagine they'd struggle to make a, a million on season tickets as well, given what's yeah. been announced recently. But, but but that whole spin, I was never buying that. And obviously when two or three players go, then it proves that that was absolute rubbish, unfortunately. So very frustrating week or so. And yeah, if, if obviously DJ goes, just wish him all the best because it's no use being bitter when players move on. We've seen it with Hugo. We've seen it with Robinson. Cunningham. I don't think there was much bitterness towards Cunningham, to be fair, but particularly Hugo and Robinson. Uh, and I just can't understand why, because all three, well, if you include uh, Cunningham, four players there giving us three, four, five years of very good service. Yeah. Um, and then they outgrow the club. It's as simple as that. They have simply outgrown the club. Yeah. And I think, and I think you know, we'll have to see what happens in the next few days, but I think this happened... Not last season, but the season before when we got off to a bad start. There was a lot of frustration around transfers. And I think Neil let let it affect him and affect, obviously, the squad. So we've just got to hope that that doesn't happen because we're looking at the fixtures, obviously, Derby, Norwich. And then, you know, we got some tough games after that. We played Brentford early on. Her play Stoke as well. So if we're not careful, this could quickly spiral into something very dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, you know, it's just a worst-case scenario. So, you know, need to get back to winning ways on Tuesday, even if it's just in the cup. Yeah. Pearson and Davis. Obviously, we've touched on Pearson a bit, but Davis has been next to nothing uh, in the press. He's probably mm. another one that would be a surprise. I think, I, th- I think 
if you're any of those players, why would you sign a contract now? Mm. Um, there'd be absolutely no incentive. You might be getting a raise in wages, but you could go and get more elsewhere anyway. Yeah. The club aren't looking like, despite the early rumblings, because at, at the start of the off-season, I was quite positive about what I was hearing, about signings, etc. But if you're Ben Davis now, or Ben Pearson, or Alan Brown, I don't know why you would commit to three years at yeah. Preston. Maybe when the window's shut, you might rethink, but while the window's open, you're going to attract interest. Um, the club will have an asking asking price that if it's met, yeah. they'll be off. So I can understand the fans' frustration at players not signing, but from a player's point of view, it would not make much sense, in my opinion, to sign a contract at this stage. So I think it's going to have to be a waiting game. And as I've touched on before, I think two more, two more will be off. Fair enough. Um, I've also said, by the way, Jake, I've also, sorry, I've also seen someone say we won't sell all four in a window. But if we end up selling two and there's two left, if the valuation's met for those two players and they Why would they not? Why would they not? So, mate, I don't think we should be under any illusions that we're going to say to one of them, if the other three go, you're staying, because I don't think it's like that. No. No. And then obviously you risk the potential of losing them for nothing. If you, if 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 we don't sell all four now, and hope yeah. that oh well, we'll we'll wait until the window shut and hope that maybe one or two of them might agree to sign a deal. That's a gamble from the club's point of view. Can you really see Trevor Hemmings wanting to gamble with potentially say there was two of them potentially up to ten million pound? That absolutely not. Yeah, well, something I've heard in the last couple of days is that he would be willing to lose one of them for free. But uh, this is the thing. I think, you know, based on stories over the last few years, he's very temperamental in what he wakes up and decides on the day. So Yeah. Well, oh, you know. Peter confirmed on the podcast, didn't he, that there's there's a team of about four or five that all in, in, are involved in any transfers and Trevor's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the obviously Daniel Johnson talk on the last couple of days has distracted from the more pressing concerns, which is getting players in. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, do you think we will bring anyone in before the window shuts? I think we will. Um, but, again, touching on Neil's post-match with Radio Lanks when he was asked, um, he just simply said there was no one close to signing. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Surely, surely, we can't not sign a striker. Surely not. Um, well, we haven't for the last two and a half years, so... Well, I know, but sometimes I don't know why I'm surprised, but I would be shocked if we don't sign a striker still. Yeah, I, um, I would be, but... Because uh, even Brisdale said on this podcast, you know, when he signed a striker, that's where we are short. Yeah, um, well, we've not replaced the one that we let go two and a half years ago, still. Yeah, nearly three years ago now. So, you know, the Nugent thing... I've heard different to what that rugby player was saying on Twitter. He was saying that Nugent had been fined for not turning up to training. Obviously, I'm not sure how much truth there is, but they're obviously desperate for him to leave. Yeah, yeah, it's just not a good situation all around, however you look at it, really. No, but that was only ever going to go one way, that signing. But that's that's gone now. But yeah, like we touched on at the start, it was just a complete continuation yesterday. And why would it not be? That's the thing. Yeah. There was absolutely nothing to make it not. And this is another thing. Alex Neil said we were three or four short. 
six weeks ago. Dave Seddon the other day was saying we're only looking at one striker now. I mean, well, that's changed in two or three weeks. It's gone from the looking at a loan and a permanent striker yeah. to just one. Absolutely. So the goalposts keep getting moved, and it's no wonder that Alex Neil's so annoyed, publicly mm. annoyed as well. It's not even hiding it from the public. So it's a huge, huge full week for the football club. Um, could define the next few seasons, I think. Yeah, I think and so. That's not me being dramatic either. I think so. Because, I mean, if if we've not learned anything from the last two transfer windows, three transfer windows, it's that we don't go out and replace players. Yeah. So, say we do lose all four of the big four, and then the next lot coming through, if you will, Harrop, Ledson, that have all signed extensions, then manage to turn themselves into coveted assets, if you will, we'll lose them. And then we, the, the cycle starts again. You're looking at you bringing players in, keep yeah. them at the club for two, three, four, five years, hope that they grow into summit. See you later. Yeah. Yeah, and this was my concern about the big four because I think it was always going to drag on Yeah, until sort of the last few weeks. But if you get into sort of two or three weeks of a window left and they're going, the way that the clubback's in the transfer market, there's absolutely no hope that they're going to sort of sign a replacement. Yeah. Um, so like you say, it will be Harrop, it will be Ledson, Bayliss. Story. And make no mistake, that weakens us as a squad and as a first 11, that weakens us. So like Jimmy said, we think we predicted 8th, ninth, 11th, something like that. If the big four leave, we don't sign a striker. Um, we don't sign, you know, a couple of other decent players. Then we could be looking at sort of mid-table obscurity all season. Yeah. As it stands, as it stands, I think you know we'll still have a go. We won't be anywhere near the relegation zone, I don't think, because I think we are just too solid as a unit. But the club are selling Premier League ambition, and the way that they act is just not Premier League ready. It's no. not ambitious. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention him. Just look at Brentford. Signed Ivan Tony before they'd even sold Watkins. Looks like they're gonna sell um, the keeper to, <clears> to Arsenal, maybe. 10 million, I've, seen him, I've seen him linked with Dylan Phillips at Charlton, who was one of the best in the league this season. So that's how you act when you sell players. Yeah. Ben Rama, I think, was it? Uh, I've seen Ben Rama to a couple Palace. of prem, prem clubs, Palace and Villa, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but they've signed, um, obviously, the lad Fossey from Oxford, who looks like a very good player. Yeah. So that is genuine succession planning. We don't feel like we plan for these eventualities. When it's when it's clear to see what's going to happen as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I can completely understand fans' frustrations, but it was it's, it's just one game. My big my frustrations more lie away from the pitch than the ninety minutes yesterday, um, which has been done at length by us and on social media. So, yeah, no point touching on it too much. But by the by by the Norwich game. I wouldn't be surprised if there's one out and one in. Fair enough. Um, well, yeah, looking ahead then. <clears throat> Derby, by all accounts, were poor yesterday uh, yeah. against Reading. In the grand scheme of things, this game doesn't really mean much for our season and, and us. Um, so, like you just said before, there'll be 9, 10, 11 changes. Yeah. Um, obviously, you'd, you'd expect Bayliss, Harrop, Hudson probably all come in. Yeah. Um, pretty much. The, yeah. the players that didn't feature yesterday, really. Yeah, yeah. 
Rafferty. Um, yeah. Yeah, but just, just, just on Harrop, I thought it was a little bit odd. Is I think he's had a good pre-season, didn't get on the pitch yesterday. But yeah, I think we'll see something like Stockley, Harrop, Maguire probably start. Um, obviously, Bayless. So, you know, we have got numbers to change it there. I think probably expect something similar from Derby as well. Yeah. To be honest, probably don't have as much depth in certain areas as we do. You've got a very good academy. So we'll probably see a lot of young players from Derby. Yeah, yeah, obviously they've just sold their two full-backs as well, haven't they? Yeah, which I think is quite a big a big loss for, for Derby. Massively. Um, bit of a surprise yesterday because obviously Reading changed manager again. I had a lot of turnaround. But, <laughs> That's a shock. But Ovi Ajaria, someone I've highlighted as someone to watch this season, obviously scored and Lucas Shaw looks like he's found a home at Reading, so... You get a few of them on the first day, don't you? A few of them yeah. kind of results. So, yeah, I think that they've got some good players. Derby obviously just got the better of us at Deepdale probably about two months ago now. Um, but as you said, doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of it. Just get some minutes into the legs, into yeah. the legs of the players. Prediction? Maybe, maybe see Rudd. I'm not sure. Maybe see Rudd. Yeah, possibly. Prediction, Jake, it could be any of, any of sort of 30 players could be on the pitch for either, either team. So I'll just go 2-1 Derby, but as I said, it doesn't really matter. Hard to say. Yeah, tough um, to say. I'll go 2-1 yeah. North End, opposite. Um, Norwich then. Obviously, someone's favourite players at Norwich now. Yeah. Obviously got a win yesterday against, yeah. against Huddersfield. A tight game by all accounts. I watched the highlights. Either with the goal. Yeah. Just a um, bit, of, bit of selfless play from... Timu Puki. Um and um yeah, just very solid squad. I think we've all touched on it. And I think that's not the kind of game you'd want after the start the, of the season we've had. Yeah. I think we went down there a couple of seasons ago. It was obviously in August, but similar time of the season to what will be next weekend and they just got the better of us. I think Farco I think that was their first win, you know, of the Yeah, season. Farco was under pressure, wasn't he? Yeah. Farco, like, did Robinson hit the bar as well? Yeah, Robinson yeah. would have scored probably the goal of his career, hit the bar. Nemechi played well that day, Robinson played well. I think Malt might have started, had a good chance as well. So, yeah, it's not the game you'd want, obviously. I don't know if we, if we press as much anymore. Not no, just, I don't think we do. Not just yesterday, not just last last few games of last season. I'm not sure if we go all out and press anymore. I don't really want to see Barkley being a number nine option, sort of for 35 games, but... We'll have to see. It's definitely it won't be a game for Stockley if you know anything about Alex Neal. So that sort of leaves Maguire. Maguire mm. really Sinclair. Is a bit of, mm, can't really press Sinclair as as well for me. Um, obviously there'll be a bit of rotation there, but um, yeah, Swansea are a decent side. Another decent side. So obviously Swansea, Derby, Norwich. It's not a pretty start on paper, but. Um, we have everything going on at the minute. It's hard to see us getting a win there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but that's football. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. You never and know. If there's, if there's any player that I want to score against us this season, it's definitely Jordan Hugel. <laughs> so, and they are going to score against us because I think um, someone mentioned it in their pre-season prediction on this podcast. I think we just don't keep clean sheets, really. We don't concede oh. many. And I, I've touched on it. We concede zero goals or one goal in a game more often than not. Um, obviously, yesterday was just one lapse of concentration again. 
which obviously cost us cost us a point in the end. So yeah, I think going to Norwich be obviously can't see us keeping a clean sheet. Hard to see us scoring because again, going back to last season, really struggled against the top half teams. Yeah. Just in general. So like we say like we keep saying it's it's a continuation of last season. Obviously Neil going back to his former club. We'll have to see what happens. But the one thing I don't want to happen is Neil's negativity sort of bleeds into into the squad because it's no a res- what, not a recipe for disaster, but it's it doesn't bode well, does it really? Yeah. No matter what they say in the press, the players, it's no doubt that the the mood at the club obviously peters into what happens on the pitch at the end of the day. Yeah. It's hard it's hard for it not to though, really, isn't it? When when you're going in somewhere every single day and it's Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, a, 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 it's a bad absolutely. atmosphere or it's a negative place or whatever, like it's yeah. obviously gonna affect you. Yeah, and there's always a lot of talk about how tight knit our squad is, um and how sort of grand results are for each other, but I don't know I don't know how true that is, you know, compared to you always get a few basket cases of a club. Um, who just you know individuals, but I don't know how true that is. Like, how much better are we as a, as a tight knit group than than say Norwich, for example? I don't know yeah. how much substance there is behind that, really, um, because this has happened a few times. I think start of the twenty eighteen nineteen season went on a shocking run. We've been on a few terrible runs as a squad, yeah. uh, and obviously Neil probably does let the non-football inside take over his mood so we'll just have to see what happens but I've seen people obviously saying we're going to be zero points after six seven games let's just take it one game at a time because that's all you can do yeah because what I've just said there despite that this squad has got a result under its under its belt sort of thing it, it does know how to go and get a result but you know we, we need to get players in Jake yeah uh, it's, a bit, it's, it's a bit simple as that really bit, isn't it it's a bit, it's a bit of a joke at this stage. I don't even know if we can sort of use the coronavirus fingers justification because every other club has managed to get players over the line. Yeah. You know, every other club has improved the squad to an extent. If 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 uh, clubs have lost players, they've brought players in. Every club signed a striker, more or less, who wanted a striker. I think Swansea haven't, obviously, but they've recruited, obviously, Lowe, who's played up there yesterday. You look at Lyndon Dyke scoring on his debut yesterday for QPR. You know, Barnsley have kept their strikers. Uh, Adam Armstrong scoring for Blackburn. Obviously, Kiefer Moore's gone to Cardiff. So, you know, the coronavirus thing, I'm not really buying that. And obviously what Jimmy said there, we we should expect maybe a bit of loyalty. We've played the players in full. You know, it's a contractual obligation to play the players. We can't sort of ask for any favours like, we can't say to Diana Johnson, please don't go to Rangers because we paid we, you for we three paid months. We paid your wages. Come on now. If yeah. that is not clutching at straws, and I don't know what is. It's, uh, it's desperation. It, it's, an, it's an easier situation to be in as well from the club's point of view. You pay your players what you need to pay them, pay them, sorry, instead of asking them to take wage deferral. Then however many months down the line, you've got to find that money on top of what you've then continued to pay them yeah. that you're obligated to pay them. So, yeah. Yeah, it, make, it looks good no from, from a PR point of view, but yeah. it, it, it's an easier thing to do is to just carry on paying the players, especially absolutely. when you've got someone like Trevor Hemmings that can afford to just carry on paying the players. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, there's no loyalty in football from our side because we're trying to force David Nugent out 
of the club who yeah. we've, we've given a two-year contract on good money and we're trying to force him out of the club. But then we're saying we've paid you in full. We expect a bit of loyalty in return. So it has to work both ways. Yeah. It, 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 Very hypocritical you know, from the club, the, isn't it? The club is full of double standards from top to bottom. We're willing to sell players in the market. We're not willing to buy players. We want loyalty from players, but if it suits us, we're going to try and bomb a 35-year-old out of the club. So none of it washes with me, unfortunately. I think it's just it's just really poor from the club getting players over the line. Obviously, um, the money to do with the training ground is nothing to do with sort of a transfer kitty because that's not how it works. But um, let's hope that sort of invigorates the players, the staff. I think we're trying to move in before... I think it was the start of October, wasn't October. it? So let's hope that's something positive to look at. But it boils down to what we said at the start. We just have failed to get players in. And it's, you know, now it's getting squeaky bum time because our better players are going to be leaving. And it's like what we've touched on when um, Alex Neal was linked to Bristol City. If a good club comes in for Alex Neal, he's going to leave. I think just because Bristol City appointed a manager, that's sort of gone under the radar. But the situation has not changed as far as I'm concerned with that. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be a surprise to see him finish the season with us. Yeah, as soon as, second, as soon as second season comes, if a club wants Neil, I think, you know, they'll, they'll come and get him. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Norwich prediction then? Um, I say 2 0 Norwich. Hugh Gill double. I think Big Jordan will get off the bench and get a goal, but I think um, we'll go Timu Puki and uh, Jordan Hugo. Fair enough. I'll go uh, a scrappy 1-1 one, one draw. I'd take it. Yeah, I'd take it. At least we it, won't be, it, at least we won't be zero points after six or seven games. Yeah. I mean it'd give us it'd give us one point from six games, but I'd take it now. Right. Um cheers for that, mate. Much appreciated. And thank you, listener, for listening to episode four of the From the Finney podcast. Uh, if you've not yet listened to our season opener, the Peter Ridsdale interview, or our pre-season prediction episode, then just go into usual streaming app and you'll find them in there. And a final message, uh, you can support us as well here at From the Finney with a with a one-off donation. Uh, just go to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. Uh, if you're a small business or if you'd like to plug something on the podcast, just leave a message when you're making the donation and we can sort something out for that so yeah much appreciated and thank you very much mate cheers lads well, good to cheers. have you back cheers Jake nice one